You are listening to the only episode 38 of 123 Yes Wrestling There Will Ever Be. This week we discuss AEW news, including the first match on TNT, changes to the wildcard rule, and WWE's first pregnant champion. That and so much more this week. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. And if you want to join the conversation, shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to 123Yes Wrestling, where we are the only wrestling podcast trying to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and this week I am joined by Corey. How are we doing, man? Man, I am doing all right. Uh, as I was telling you off air, my dental journey continues, and in this week's uh, what is going on in Corey's dental journey uh, is the insurance. Mm. Now it's time to find out how much I gotta pay. And for people, um, people that are listening, I'm sure you deal with insurances and know that, yeah. It's a little tricky and a little confusing, and then it gets a little sad when you realize, wow, I got to pay that much. So, yeah, that's where I'm at in my life. Wondering how bad you really need teeth, huh? I'm telling you, <laughs> if it was an easy, quick, easy way to just, ah, oh, man, I'm telling you, the 13th can't come quick enough. Because, uh, man, if I can get all this stuff done and just be done with it, man, I'll be happy. I can easily imagine that yeah i spent the day getting ready for my trip up to chicago um so i'm getting ready i leave tomorrow so i'll be up there and we'll hang out and we'll do some some shows and watch some wrestling and i'll be there for SummerSlam. so we'll get to watch SummerSlam together it's been a while i think survivor series a couple years ago was the last pay-per-view we got to watch with uh lesnar and goldberg yeah i think that's and the last wrestling pay-per-view we got to watch together and just so listeners know, I'm I'm trying to work Chris a little bit and possibly Ed if he'd ever show up for an episode. Um, since Chris will be in town, I'm trying to work, you know, maybe some bonus episodes, try some different things. So uh, just stay tuned for that as I try to keep putting it into the ear of Chris. And if there's anything that you guys would like to hear, watch-alongs, uh, interviews, I mean, what, whatever you think would be uh, fun for us as we'll be together, let us know. We'd be happy. 123yeswrestling at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. We'd be happy to hear any suggestions as we're coming up with what would most entertain you guys. Yes, please put something in the comments because Chris doesn't listen to my suggestions, but he does pay attention to people's comments on Facebook. So comment away. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move into the curtain jerkers of the week. Unfortunately, uh, Ed got stuck having to do inventory, I think it was. Um, so he is counting cell phones at the moment. Instead of talking wrestling with us, he may just decide to pop in on Skype when he sees us chatting. So don't be surprised if he tries to scare us here. But Ed... We'll be back next week unless he pops in, but we're going to move on to the Curtain Jerkers this week, and really, we got a lot of AEW news this week, which seems to be a popular uh, topic to, of talk. Uh, yeah. First up, a lot of the, with the new AEW show, now all of the matches are starting to come out, so this week they announced the first match that's going to be on AEW Weekly Show is going to be Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. I think it's pronounced. Guevara? I, I, Guevara? Yeah. 
So that that was the first match, which Corey, I know you've had some opinion on that. Yeah, um, and my my opinion. First off, I'll just state it right now. I'm excited for this match. Mm-hmm. For people that've listened to old episodes, I mean, Sebi Guevara, that's my my nephew's favorite independent wrestler, and in fact, he was the one that introduced me to Sammy Guevara when we went to uh, an independent show. Uh, in Crown Point, and then I happen to have seen, I think I've seen Sammy Guevara now about three or four times, even met him in person. Uh, I have a signed poster downstairs of his, and my nice. nephew's got a couple of his shirts. Um, the guy is a great wrestler. Now, I know a lot of people, you might have seen him on the AEW, uh, I think, I don't know if he was on Double or Nothing or Fight for the Fallen, but I know a lot of people are very confused by the panda uh, gimmick thing, and I think a lot of that will get explained over time, because if, if you don't really follow him or if you haven't seen any of his stuff, I don't think this panda gimmick will make make much sense, and I know a lot of people look at it as silly, but mm-hmm. he's a character. He's got a lot of, you know, got an arrogant vibe to him. He's very smooth with his talking. He's very, um, he doesn't talk quick. He keeps it calm cool relaxed which i'm a big fan of if you can execute it right so the internet world really dumped on this though hmm. and that's what you're saying and, and i know why they're, they're dumping on it because they don't know who he is but then my question to you is what's the purpose of aew then right if i mean if cody is is going to just fight an already established big name again, then what are you accomplishing on your first episode? I think that first match demonstrates exactly what A&W's intention is, which is we are trying to get new up-and-coming people and establish them as stars. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know much about Sammy, um, but uh, yeah, I don't, AEW, I'm just kind of, they go in and they, this kind of does tie in with our second portion of the AEW news this week. But, you know, Cody Rhodes even came out and said AEW is not interested in the casual fan. They're looking for the hardcore. Those are the people that brought them there. They're looking for wrestling fans and people who should want to see this match. So it's really weird that the fans that Cody says they're catering to are dumping on what Cody's doing. Like it doesn't even make sense into that. It almost seems like AEW fans just want them to be WCW and just want this to be nitro again. You know, it's, and it's like, we just want to see the WWE stars in a newer place. And, you know, I think there's a a section of the, the audience that really wants to just see the John Moxley's who didn't do what they wanted to do as Dean Ambrose in WWE, but they want to see him over here. Just like, you know, Hogan, You know, everyone wants to relive the jumping ship. Who's going to be the next to come to AEW? And Cody, I think, smartly would want I would want to stay away from as much WCW similarities as possible because, yeah, you're on TNT and, yeah, they're going to be there, but steer away from them, steer away from WWE, steer just be your own thing, which seems like that's what they want to do. But it's just weird that they don't want to cater to the casual fan. They're not looking for that, which is a little weird because I don't know what their audience is going to be when they come to this TV. But it's it's just really weird that the, their audience and who AEW is um, focusing on dumped on this match. 
I think, well, first off, again, remember, this is a brand new company. Mm-hmm. So you've got to establish a fan base. To me, it makes sense that the fan base would be the hardcore fan. Get that established. You know, get get those fans in because, you know, we don't have all the hardcore fans. You know, they got a, a, a small number. I mean, their numbers are doing okay. Um, and then once you got that solid hardcore base, then you could start doing stuff that can channel in the casual fan and hopefully convert them over. Because, I mean, wrestling, if you think about wrestling historically, I mean, you know, it's like it's always been, a, you know, um, not uh, – I, I don't know what the word is. It wasn't fully popular. There was always that inner circle of people that that were the, the group known as the wrestling fans. And then in the late 90s, there was just this big boom, and then suddenly it grabbed the attention of those casual fans, and then the casual fans became, you know, at least for that time period, hardcore fans. So I think it's it's a good starting move, but like you said, when you look at this long term, you definitely got to start doing something to attract other fans. Well, and, and Cody even went in and talked about this where um, he said if you if you look at just the people that have been coming out, we've, we've been focusing on our base. This is our base. And you can see that we're selling out arenas. But the problem in my mind is that, yeah, you're selling out 10,000-seat arenas. You need more than 10,000 people to watch your show. Yeah. So you need the the casual fans. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, these are going to be guesses and conversations everywhere. I mean, how many that first episode? What 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 numbers are they going to pull in? What kind of views do they get? How many people do you think? What what's what's an estimated? We've been talking about ratings for a while now. Well, I mean, I'll give you the the ratings, and I I don't know what the number is that represents the rating. Right now, WWE's under three. I believe I believe they they stagger between a two and like a two point what four or something, something like, like that. that. Um, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't think it's breaking two. I I, I just it, it's I don't know because I mean, like you said, how large is the hardcore fan base? Mm-hmm. How many people is that truly? Well, um, and if you if you look at Impact, which I know Impact is on a way different channel. But they're averaging like 100 to 150,000 viewers on their obscure channel. Now, that's about as many views as the Being Elite videos get on YouTube. Every time I check, they're sitting at around 150,000. So, I mean, that's that's their market. You know, I mean, 150,000 is what they got, and they need more than that. They need to hit like 500,000 to a million people for TNT to be happy, I would imagine. I don't. I don't think it's breaking two. I, I think it's going to be a one point five to a one point eight. And and the thing that's scary is that their first episode I think is going to be a high number. And then wait till like week six, week yeah. fifteen, week twenty. It, and, and we've said it over and over. And I know you know Chris, you've been kind of saying this since the beginning. It's like when all this hype fizzles out what is really AEW? And now, you know, when that weekly show pops on, I mean, we're really going to see, you know, is there really any shot? Because all these pay-per-views, I mean, what, two of them have been free. They still didn't garner 
crazy numbers. There wasn't a crazy amount of people watching it. Now everyone's talking about the Chicago pay-per-view, how there's supposedly 135,000 trying to get on the website. But are these kind of numbers going to tra- – I mean, it's. It, I, I see a struggling beginning for AEW. I really do. I think it's going to take time. And part of the reason is, as you can see in the social media, most of these fans don't know who these wrestlers are. So it's going to take time to build them so that you guys can have appreciation for a Sammy Guevara and realize that Cody versus Sammy Guevara is not a bad match, just like Cody versus Darby Allen was not a bad, that wasn't a bad decision. It's just people are so used to Cody fighting these big names. Yeah, but I mean, even at, what was it, Fighter Fest, he fought Darby Allen. You know, I mean, that wasn't a big name. I never heard of him before. Or was that it? No. That was double. No, that wasn't double or nothing. Yeah, Fighter Fest. No, Fighter Fest. But we, as the fan, though, don't we have to start going into this product understanding? Okay, hey, this is new, and we have to condition our minds to realize, hey, we're going to be seeing some guys that we have no clue who we are, and we have to allow our minds. We have to invite these guys in and allow them an opportunity to get our attention. Don't just shut them out because you've never heard of them. Exactly. They got, they got to build their stars, and that seems to be something they want to do here. I looked this up. Apparently Meltzer said for Fighter Fest, which was a free event on Bleacher Report Live, um, it drew to, to their pay-per-view service 140,000 people watched that show. Um, they said that they reported around 300 to 350,000 people signed into the show at some point but didn't stick around. So they're still looking, like I said, as I said, about that 150,000 people mark. So that's that's their that's base. Impact. That's like Impact. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's like that's, you know, people who watch Impact are hardcore wrestling fans who want to watch wrestling and who know who people outside of WWE are. So it's like, Cody, I understand that you want to you wanna keep catering to your base, but if your base is only 150,000 people, you need those casual fans. And and this is why AEW has a Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. you know John Moxley, and quite honestly, I I think we got some bigger names coming because how do you get so, someone's attention, you know, to to even look this way and look at at your product? I mean, you know, I know a lot of people bash on, um, you know, like WWE bringing back the old timers. Well, guess what? The Robert Union show just garnished the highest rating in what over a year. Mm-hmm. The fact is, those are some names that are known worldwide. Just and by- speaking of names, they had um, another match that was announced this week for that first episode of AEW is Chris Jericho um, with two mystery partners versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And Jericho says, You won't believe who the partners are, and they are big. So, I mean, who. Speaking of who could come over or what do you think they're going to put him with? They have WWE guys who might be there for that show. Is it going to be ring of honor guys? Is it just going to be a couple people that nobody knows and they're going to boo or like, who do we think? 
I'm telling, I have thought about this all day because I knew you were going to bring this up. And I, I mean, my head is like spinning. I don't know. I really don't. Um, if there, and here's my, and I'm going to go ahead and mention this guy's name, CM Punk. Mm -hmm. I know everyone is, is riding on this, this hope that he's going to show up at all out. He's, he's the next, he's the next news story. <laughs> I, I think I think he's I think he's gonna pop up on the show on TNT. You that I I feel would really help get AEW, you know, so, something that's gonna be kind of explosive, get people talking and try to get things going on the right note. You gotta have something like that kind of moment pop up on your episodic yeah, but even that moment's not as a mystery tag team partner for Chris Jericho. Maybe not in the mystery tag. I, like I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming because he's got two, I'm, I'm thinking it's a, it's an already established tag team. I just, who? The only tag team that I know whose contract is up, who could be, do it would be LAX. And see, and to me that's, and I don't want to bash them, but to me that's underwhelming. I'd rather put CM Punk in, in, into that that six man tag, even though that sounds silly to shock the world and put him in there. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just hope who, I would think that Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho seems to be very smart with his mm -hmm. decisions, you know, especially in the last year with what he does and I'm assuming that he would not go into this six man tag idea because I mean think about it. It's hard to do a six man tag and get everybody their opportunity to get over. Mm -hmm. Obviously they must have somebody. And Jericho wouldn't brag about it if he would be able to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I mean it seems like everybody who was rumored to come to AEW and people who were upset and wanted to leave WWE seems like they all signed contracts with WWE recently. So it's, I mean, outside of, I don't know where the revival still stands, but I know that they were, they're under contract till next year sometime. So I, and, and you know, what's crazy. I was actually, this is slightly off topic, but related. Um, I was just learning today reading now, granted, you know, just say for the record, I read stuff on the internet. So how true or untrue it is, I don't know, mm -hmm. but there, there's word that Undertaker's latest deal is essentially a, a lifelong contract. Yeah. WWE. Like, that's how long. And I'm assuming that they're just going with the amount of years and then given how old he is. So he probably got a a, a Bret Hart contract like mm -hmm. Bret Hart back in the day when he got like a 20-year deal or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I believe it 100%. But, yeah, I couldn't – can't even imagine who they got. And like I said, when they, you start playing with those mystery partners, you got to be, you got to hope you got something because you got to deliver because if you're going to build height, it's got to have a payoff. Yeah. And then you did mention CM Punk and we didn't go into this last week, but then it kind of has escalated a little bit more. So I figured we're going to jump into this CM Punk and his relationship with AEW, because of course he is one of the biggest people that everyone wants to show up in AEW um, and he is going to be on part of StarCast 3 so he is going to be doing signings at StarCast 3 which then of course leads to 
you going to be at all out? And everybody's just assuming he's going to be work, shoot, whatever it is. Um, so I'm going to read a couple quotes here because he did an interview with ESPN and he made some comments about AEW. And then today, I believe we got um, the elite's response and Cody's response and people having information. So do you hear about this or read about this already? Yeah, I, I read most of it, actually. Um, but yeah, so... Punk was asked, and I'm, I'm getting this transcript from SE Scoops, but um, they asked if working StarCast could lead to AEW, and CM Punk was quoted as saying, no, I know they like to talk about me a lot. If I text Matt Jackson, hey, have a great show tonight, which I did before Vegas, that somehow turns into Tony Khan telling people that they have a great relationship. And he was like, I've talked with them, but nothing's ever come. Um, AEW's teased involvement with, the, with his CM Punk's... Uh, inclusion within the promotion but he said there's nothing between him and the company he said they do videos where they talk about me they're constantly talking about me in the media and again maybe this sounds like i'm badgering them but i'm not it's just something that happens and he said he doesn't know how to respond to text messages he gets from people in aew he goes uh, the last thing i got i got a text from cody rhodes and again i almost don't even know how to reply to them sometimes because if i reply they do interviews and are like oh yeah i just talked to punk so he said, I'm kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't. Uh, I always think if someone wants to do business with me, they can come talk to me. Texting offers isn't really a good way to do business. And that he's gotten general offers from three different people associated with AEW via text, which he does not seem to like. He said about a month ago. So it's just general offers. Why Tony Khan's not reaching out to him, I really don't know. Um Cody Rhodes, right after that interview dropped, Cody Rhodes went on Twitter and he said that he was misquoted. CM Punk must have been misquoted. You know, that's not exactly what happened. And then the author, the guy who interviewed him, the interviewer, an article writer, he went and said, I trust, trust me, he was not misquoted. So then uh, Cody Rhodes now jumps in here. Uh, this kind of comes from Dave Meltzer in a little bit. Um, but CM Punk, like I said, didn't feel like text messaging is a good way to do business. And uh, they said that some people in AEW were upset about the quotes from that interview. And they felt that they were dealing upfront in business with CM Punk and felt that when people in the company have asked about Punk coming, they've always been honest. So it seemed like it rubbed the wrong, people the wrong way. And now Cody's dropping this whole, I think he's going to go back to WWE. And that's what Cody Rhodes thinks. Oh, yeah, we don't want him anymore. He's going back to WWE. So do you think this is an elaborate scheme, as some people do think, to surprise everyone when he shows up at All Out? Or do you think this is just CM Punk doing his thing? I mean, he seems pretty genuine and seems pretty happy to not be in the world. What do you think, man? I know that was a lot. You know, in 2019, it gets very tricky. Right. I am completely convinced that AEW is going to utilize social media in story, storylines. And they've already kind of done that. Um, so for the idea of this possibly being one big, just giant plan and everything's a work, I'm very possible. I, I think we've seen between all the promotions in wrestling today that they use social media. If you can make it feel real, I think that's where the magic will be because mm -hmm. that's just like, you know, what, you know, WCW was doing in the late nineties. When you make, when you're able to blur, possibly blur lines, how can we blur lines today? Well, today it's gotta be social media. Mm -hmm. So 
do I think that they've talked? I, I it would be silly to think that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course that they've talked and. You know, his comments about, you know, getting offers, text messaging, and whether that's good business or not, I mean, I agree, nothing's official until you got, like, documentation and you're sitting down and you're you're going through an actual contract. So maybe he was more referencing that, that a text message isn't really a contract, but I think there's there's some working involved here. I, I really do. CM Punk, and this is another thing you mentioned earlier that he signed on for StarCast. This is his first wrestling-related appearance since he left WWE. He has actually never done any signings or anything that was affiliated with anything wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, out here in Chicago, he would pop up at a comic book store because he was writing comics, or he'd pop up at C2E2. Well, didn't yeah. he do? He did. Didn't he? Wasn't he part of Starcast last year? He did Starcast one because he no. did that the pro wrestling tease. Because I remember seeing pictures of the line down no. the street. That's tricky though. Starcast was in um, Hoffman Estates, mm-hmm. and Pro Wrestling Tees is a shop in Chicago. So that's mm-hmm. a about a twenty. 25 minute drive ish. So they weren't, they weren't affiliated then it was just the same time, but it's tricky. So it was during that weekend, but start. Yeah, no, it's tricky because pro wrestling tees was also at Starcast, but then Mm -hmm. they were also doing signings at their shop. So it's kind of blurred and intermingled, but no, technically not affiliated. Yeah, I don't see CM Punk going to AEW. I just don't see it. I'd be I'd be happy to see it if it happens. I just don't see it happening. He seems like he left. He seems like he's happy. And I think, I mean, they could dump money on him, but he doesn't really have anything to prove. Like John Moxley had something to prove. And CM Punk, I think, is past that. And if I saw him going anywhere, I would almost imagine he'd be back to WWE because he knows he could make an impact and they could give him the things that he wanted that he didn't get before any unfinished business he has in wrestling is not main eventing wrestlemania is not being well and here's the thing and, and i'm just gonna say it, and i know it's gonna rub some people the wrong way mm-hmm. I, I think punk's only coming back if he can come back on a part-time status mm-hmm. i think he wants to be part-time maybe borderline brock lesnar part-time maybe chris jericho part-time whatever you want to call it um can aew offer that i do think so I mean, there was part of what Tony Khan said where he really wanted to try to reduce the workload. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely see them offering um, a contract. But when you say make an impact, when I look at AEW, I mean, who? Who, Who's who's the, the, the impactful match? I mean, what, Cody Rhodes? You know... Kenny Omega, I, uh, you know, even Chris Jericho, it's like, eh, we've seen it. So I don't, there's nobody on, and I'd hate to say this because I'm supporting AEW. I hope they do well. But there's nobody that I see on that roster that I'm like, oh, I would love to see CM Punk fight him. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So I'm excited to see where they go. I think if this thing fizzles out, 
and they stop talking about each other, then it's probably just run its course and that's it. If they keep it up, then yeah, they're probably up to something. Uh, last up for our curtain jerkers, we have a little WWE news as it was reported from Dave Meltzer that the wild card rule is being phased out and we'll see the brand split back in effect after SummerSlam and definitely by the time the Fox deal kicks in in October. Um, and like I said, that's according to Dave Meltzer, which it seems like it's been kind of the case. They haven't talked about the wild card in a while. Now they still have people. I don't know who's on what show anymore. So I don't know where the roster kind of is, but they did definitely stop talking about the wild card rule. And I imagine they have to come up with a brand split idea or do something. So, I mean, are you happy? To, you sad? Rest in peace, wild card it, rule? It, here, here's the problem. I, I think they're going to stop referencing it. But let's go back to what was the original purpose. And this is where I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, Fox wants the stars. They're paying the big money. They want the stars. So how do you go tell Fox, hey, you know, we're giving you these guys, but these guys, yeah, we, we got to keep them on this other show. On a different I, channel. That's a problem. So, well, and USA's paying them big bucks too, because in in October their deal kicks in with USA and NBC Universal, and that's more money. So WWE's getting more money from both ends. So he's get, they're going to need to get them. Everybody wants the right. stars now that you're sharing. Yeah, you want everybody. So, and I know Fox has mentioned a couple big names that they really wanted. And I mean, if you put all the star power on one side, you're going to get the other side upset. So this is really going to be an interesting. If they go that route, it'll be interesting to see how do they split it. Absolutely. So I'll be curious to see, but we got time for that. Um, we're going to move on to our mid-card wrap-up, which starts every week with the sits and fits from Mr. Fitness. Hello, wannabe gym rats. Now, before I start my segment here, I'm calling it out. I believe in last week's episode, Ed referenced a certain person was going to pop up on this week's episode in the form of Mr. E-Money. And where is he? It's like the episode of Where's Waldo? We don't know. So what a shame, E-Money. Edward, both of you, shame on you. We know you didn't call the wild card rule on this one. So wherever you are, find your way next week so we can finally settle this. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the Weekly Sits and Fits, and I'm going to go into my news voice. Hello. I'm Mr. Fitness. And this is the Evening Wrestling News. In tonight's top story, WWE has their first pregnant champion. I repeat, first pregnant champion. Marie Kanellis pinned her own husband to win the 24-7 championship. In related news, Drake has still yet to consummate his marriage. In this week's segment titled, I Don't Know What It Means to Be a Heel, our confused participants are Natalia and Becky Lynch, along with 
Ember Moon, and Bailey. Can someone please tell me who in the world is the heel in any of these storylines? I mean, I don't know. You don't know. Chris has no idea. I don't even think they know. Bailey became the first superstar ever to do a heel attack and end with a genuine baby face smile. I'm confused, Bailey. I'm confused. Somebody please hire Dean Douglas. I mean, hopefully he can teach them, you know, the difference between a heel and a face. Let's move on to our next segment titled, It Helps to Resign. I mean, just ask Gelson Anderson, new tag team champion. I mean, good Lord, the Canellas assist, I mean, they've even gotten more TV time. I guess it pays to resign. Well, let's finish with our final segment titled, Almost Getting Away with Murder. Yes, Brock Lesnar nearly killed Seth Rollins. I mean, somebody even tried to kill Roman Reigns. I wish we could figure out who in the world did that one. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan. This concludes this week's evening wrestling news. So what did we learn, people? Don't marry a crazy woman. Get her pregnant. Otherwise, you'll be forced to give up your championship. We've also learned to make sure you know the difference between a heel and a baby face. Choosing Team WWE really does benefit. And please, don't try to murder people. That is this week's Mr. Fitness's Sit and Fix, reminding you, don't sit, just stay fit. Yeah, that is that's good advice. That is good advice. WWE Don't did try to murder, murder a lot of people. people. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of attempted murder this week. A yeah, lot yeah. of it. It was a little awkward. They made for some interesting television. But yeah. I think one of the most interesting aspects was the first pregnant champion in WWE. Maria Canellis. So we had our first we had our first 24/7 title defense in the ring as yeah. an actual match. Yeah, we opened yeah. raw with that with all of the the mosh pit I think they called it around the ring as lumberjacks and as soon as our truth retained his title against Drake Maverick which that was a weird match because it was a mixed tag match. So it was our truth and Carmella versus Drake and his wife which I cannot remember her name. I think Renee Maverick. I think so. And then, but no matter who won, the men win won the belt. So if Carmilla, Carmelo pinned Renee, our truth was going to win the championship. Well, if this is a title that has already been intergender, we've had women 24-7 champs, then why isn't Carmella the champ? Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> lead to some confusion <laughs> now i know the answer and i know the reason was was well Carmella's is not going to win so we don't need to worry about it <laughs> you know i mean it, it, i i think we have to start just getting into our heads that when it comes to the rules of the 24 7 title there really is no logic and we just got to roll with it mm -hmm. um 
I'm going to be honest with you. I I, I liked <laughs> this week's 24 mm-hmm. seven stories. You know, the, the drama that happened, um, Marie Kanellis actually, you know, making her husband go down and, and take the pin. And it's, it's interesting because like, I said to myself, as soon as she did it, I'm like, oh my God, none of those guys that are going around chasing are going to actually chase her. And then she steps out and then that's exactly what happens. Like nobody is going to touch a pregnant woman. So Mm -hmm. now in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, so let me think who, cause I'm thinking that the next person that's going to beat her will actually be a woman. So I'm, I'm starting to wonder if maybe this is Carmela's opportunity to sneak in and, and snatch it and maybe cause a little bit of a, a rift between our truth and her. I don't know. Does this get Renee involved? Uh, Drake Maverick's wife. Cause I'm anticipating she's going to get it at one point and that's really going to cause some friction. But bottom line is, as long as Drake Maverick and R-Truth are still somewhere in the story of that mm-hmm. time, I'm totally satisfied. Yeah, it was interesting. So after they had that match, then yeah, Mike Kanellis ended up winning a scramble. And then Maria Kanellis, after Mike ran into the official's room, which was uh, not where you want to be with the 24-7, Maria pounded on the door, said, let me in. Mike said, how do you know it's, how do I know it's you? How do I know it's not Carmella? And Maria then prompted to say, if you don't open the door, I will kick you in the vagina, which (laughs) was a really weird thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? And I don't know how you feel about, about her performance, but I feel like Marie Canales has like really been just hitting a home run with the the way she speaks and, and her delivery and promos and stuff. I mean, it just really goes to show this is what they needed to do with her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not. I, I didn't think of this idea of her being pregnant and everything, but get her to talk. That's right. her skill. She's a talker. Now, this is going to be Ed's contribution to the show because this cracked me up after we were talking about it in our text. So listen, pretend this is Ed's voice as I read this. And we're trying to figure out who is going to pin Maria. And this was Ed's idea. He said the baby is going to pin her from inside the womb and the first fetus 24-7 champ will be born. It will remain undefeated until birth. And then the baby will be pinned by Mae Young's baby hand. And just like that, the Attitude Era is back. So thank you, Ed. That cracked me up, and I've been running around telling everyone I'm undefeated until birth. <laughs> and, and and ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is like – and the irony is I'm, I'm sure he was I'm, – I'm trying to think of was he at home. He was at work. No, he had to been at, he had to been at home watching. So yeah. this is what happens when Ed probably has, you know, a couple adult beverages – and suddenly that brain starts ticking, and that's the stuff that's in his head, guys. He has brilliant that's, ideas. That's brilliant that's a friend that I've had to deal with for, I mean, good Lord, over 10 years now. Yeah, that's good stuff. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was listening to, I don't, I can't even tell you. It was someone out there, and if you're listening and this you said this out loud, then I give you credit for it because I don't remember who said it. But I was listening to something, and they suggested because Maria made the comment that she was going to be at the OBGYN next week, 
that another person who's currently pregnant is Maurice. So do we do a segment next week at the OBGYN with Maurice and Maria Canellis, the two pregnant women? Does wow. that happen next I, week? I totally did not. I guess it makes sense, but I'm like, eh. I don't know where you go with that unless yeah, they, I, unless this is the Miz's future. Oh, Lord, help us if this is what it's becoming and he gets overshadowed by his wife. Well, I, I would Im- I would imagine that if Maurice wins, then she would let the Miz pin her, and then Miz is now twenty four seven champ. And that's I think it's I think it's safe to say, clearly a woman is going to be the one that defeats her. Yeah. I know Drake Maverick went on on social media and like made claim that he has no problem pinning a pregnant woman, <laughs> but I don't think for the sake of his character, because I think he's doing his character so well. I don't think it's needed for him to go to that level and do something like that. I think it might kind of hinder his, his character. So I'm hoping it's a woman. If it is Mrs. Wife, Hey, okay. I get it. It makes sense. I was thinking maybe this might be a way of Carmella getting into the mix. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see where I was going and I enjoyed that. That was a hell of a way to open raw. Um, with technically what was kind of a joke. So I really enjoyed that. Now we're going to go into, we're going to kind of merge Raw and SmackDown here together for a minute. We have two women's championship matches going on at SummerSlam as of right now. And I can't tell you, as Mr. Fitness said as well, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy in these matches? Who am I supposed to be cheering for? Who do I want to win? Who's... Well, Who's going to get cheered? I mean, Natalia and Becky Lynch. You figure Becky Lynch should be the good guy, so they're trying to make Natalia heal, but then Becky Lynch is doing sneak attacks. You know Natalia is going to get cheered because the pay-per-view is in Toronto. So you're in Canada, so now are you making Becky Lynch the biggest, one of your biggest superstars in the WWE, man or woman? Are you going to turn her heel just so I mean, Natty can get cheered? But do you, Or do you just, you know... Or do you just do a, a Stone Cold Bret Hart thing where it's like you don't change anything. It just so happens when they go to Canada, you know, Natalia's going to get, you know, the, the cheers and Becky Lynch is going to get the boost. I'm actually curious to see how, really how the reaction is going to be. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be – I can't see a bunch of people just totally dumping on Becky Lynch. Mm-mm. You know, so um, – it's but, just really weird. We have these couple feuds, and they set up these feuds that are both basically, they're supposed to be face-face, but then they're not treating them as they're both good guys. So they're not doing it, and I don't know why you would do that with both of your championships. Well, it, it just, and I'm about to talk about the Bailey thing in a moment, but I'm just going to reference this Natalia Becky thing. I think right now, Natalia's always struggled in the promo area when mm-hmm. it comes to just having that heel edge. And I think the issue here is is that when you got a Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch essentially is a female Stone Cold. Mm -hmm. Stone Cold did a very good job at delivering the character he delivered, but but making sure he maintained baby face. Mm -hmm. I think Becky Lynch struggles with that. 
I, I think I think it's a very hard thing to do because when you look at the characteristics of Becky Lynch and even of Stone Cold, I mean, essentially those are heels. Those mm-hmm. are heel characters. In order to be a babyface, you, you've got to be very clever in how you kind of twist those characteristics to get the fan. I don't know. It, it's 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 hard to explain. And to show and just trying to explain it shows that it's very difficult to accomplish. But that's the problem here. It, it's because Becky has such a stone cold character. Mm-hmm. Well, and then and then you know she's doing her stone cold promos, but then you have Natty who are doing awkward promos in the back where she's trying to look angry and she's trying to look mean, and then she doesn't say anything. She do you see that promo she cut on Raw where she said, "Oh, I want to challenge Becky Lynch to a submission match, and I'll show her what real pain is in the greatest country ever." But she won't accept that, so I'm not even going to offer the challenge. And then she walked away. So I'm. What was the point of that? Is it is it a submission match? Why 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 even bring it up? Because here's the problem. To me, that was so scripted. And it was Natalia, obviously scripted. Natalia is such a. I call her a reader. Like she sounds like she's reading. Yeah, like, like they have Saturday Night Live cue cards in right, front of like her face. Cue cards right beyond the camera, and and she's reading. I'm and and we're all aware that that's how micromanaged WWE has become, and they're trying to solely pulled away from that but that's mm-hmm. definitely a flaw i mean yeah it sounded stupid it made her sound stupid and it, it, and it's, it was talking a lot without saying anything and as someone who does that a lot it's it's uh you know very obvious when other people do it but but i now i'm gonna try to fl- i want to flip this because i'm trying not to sound so negative on this i flip do it, think Tally yeah. and becky lynch will have a great match i hope There's so not about it but in terms of you know who's the heel, who's the face. I, I it's not, it's not going to get established. It's just not going to. Now, I, I do want to take a moment to talk about this Bailey Amber Moon. Yeah, thing jump right into it. Let's this, put it together. This one, I like somebody dropped the ball. Bottom line is Bailey can't. Bailey will never know how to be a heel. Never. And it, it I was cringing when I saw that she attacked. Actually, I wasn't cringing when she attacked. I'm like, okay, she's going to play the heel role on this. I'm cool with that. And then I'm waiting for her facials because I'm like, okay, we're going to get the opposite of happy Bailey. We're going to get this mean, aggressive face Bailey. And all of a sudden, she she looks up at the camera, and then she busts out, like Mr. Fitness said, a genuine baby face smile. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even like an arrogant smile. It was like her typical Bailey smile. Mm-hmm. And then I think she tried to say something to Amber Moon who's on the ground. And even the way she said it, it just sounded very baby faceish. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you dropped the ball. That's not what a heel does. And really, if you look at these two, Bailey needs to be the heel. Amber Moon should totally go, or excuse me, Bailey should be the face. Amber Moon should totally be heel on this because Amber Moon's character is a lot easier to make heel. Yeah. The pr- the problem is, is this match came out of nowhere. And if they knew that this was going to be the SummerSlam match, why haven't we spent the last four weeks, at least month before SummerSlam, before they even announced it, why haven't we been doing anything with Ember Moon except for having her get Nintendo Switches knocked out of her hand? Yeah. Uh. 
you know, why not take this time and build her as a heel? So then Bailey would need to step up and do it. I mean, who are we supposed to be elevating in this feud? We also got to keep in mind that, you know, think about all the changes that have happened behind the scenes and, Mm -hmm. you know, all, you know, writers getting fired and this and that. So I, 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 I truly believe that there's so much disarray going on when it comes to the writing situation. Cause right now you got Paul Heyman coming into the mix and you know, Paul historically, I, I can just imagine him going into these meetings and probably really just throwing off these modern day writers with the way he is, you know, and then mm-hmm. on the other show, you got Eric Bischoff, who's probably taking a more subtle approach. Yeah. And, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, I mean, Eric Bischoff is not the same as Paul Heyman. I, I don't think their approaches will be anything close to one another. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announced them as having roles that aren't even that important or they don't even really do that much, but just to put that out there for people to think, oh, Paul Heyman's behind the show, not Vince. Just to well, put yeah. somewhat, just to get Vince's name away from it, even if they don't even have any control or doing anything, just getting paid. And then the irony is, like, there's already internet rumor floating around that Vince did a lot of massive changes to SmackDown mm-hmm. the day of the show. So, you know, you're probably right. Yeah, so. that they, they don't even really have nearly as much but, input as everyone thought they would, but it's just because you heard how people got excited about, oh, this was a Paul Heyman Raw. Oh, this was a Vince McMahon Raw because it sucked. And you're like, what? Doesn't even make any sense. Well, Going back to the original thing, I, I, I think, and, and, and Jim Ross on his podcast, I got to credit him on that because um, I heard it from there. Today's wrestling is struggling with establishing legitimate heels. Mm-hmm. And I can't agree with that more. The only guy that I feel is, is Say it. Say truly it. knocking off the heel thing is MJF. Oh, I thought he, you were going to say Baron Corbin. No, well, Baron <laughs> Corbin, too. No, excuse me. I, I don't want to ignore him, though. No. Those are the only two. Baron yeah. Corbin on the WWE side, and then AEW, the only true heel. Because I do got some criticisms over there about um, who's heel and who is not. Because yeah. there's a lot of confusion there, but yeah. So for all the people I crap on Baron Corbin, I mean, he's getting it right. Yeah, granted, he hasn't been on TV the past couple of weeks, and I kind of miss him. <laughs> huh? It's a shame. It's a shame. He should be on it's a every shame. Hashtag bring Corbin back. (laughs) (laughs) So Seth Rollins may be dead. Oh, God. He may have died. That was a beatdown. Brock Lesnar showed up and he destroyed Seth Rollins. Like, I mean, he was giving him F5s on chairs standing up, the backs of chairs on gurneys. He pulled him out of that ambulance that Seth Rollins was getting taken to the hospital with internal bleeding. He's coughing up blood. He's tied down to a gurney. Brock Lesnar opens the door to that ambulance, grabs the gurney with one hand, and he just flung that whole gurney and the wheels right out of the ambulance, right onto the floor. It bounced and then slid into some crates, and Seth Rollins is just tied to it. He just had to go along for the ride. And then he did that F5, just landed straight on the side of the stretcher. Side of it. Not not on the, the bedding part. It's yeah. on the side. There's no yeah. protection. There was no protection. He just landed on metal and bounced and made noises that I've never heard a human being make. You know, <laughs> I, I've historically been a fan of those kind of things. I, I love backstage 
attack segments. Um, there's always it, it's always very edgy, and uh, credit to Seth Rollins for the selling of it because the, the big thing people don't realize with trying to sell a backstage segment is you don't have the sound of the mat, you know, you don't have the sound effects, so you have to do other things to really you know sell it. And his you know pain sounds that he was making really sold it for me. I, I was did. really into like man he is really really hurt um and then i know a lot of people want to dump on brock lesnar but this is what that guy's got to be that's him i mean when you look at his size you got to think this is a guy that's just going to rip through somebody if he wants to if you know regardless of what people say and I loved how Paul Heyman, I don't know if you noticed this, I loved how Paul Heyman, this was in the ring, Paul Heyman was pleading with Brock Lesnar to tell him to stop. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like those little small things because it, it, it just brings out the, the fact that Brock Lesnar is truly uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Even though his, he's got an advocate, but even his advocate can't truly. So really cool little touch to it. And I think, you know, these kind of things, you know, obviously we've already seen this match. So you got to add, you know, some other elements to it to to make it feel a little bit different. And um, I think that's this uh, week uh, did the job here. I just hope and we'll talk about it more next week when we hit our SummerSlam predictions. But, man, I just really hope that they have a different kind of match. And I really hope that they. I don't know. Like like I was telling you before, I just watched uh, CM Punk and Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam 2015, I think. And that was just a hell of a match. And I know that was before the Suplex City and just I'm just going to do German suplexes, Brock Lesnar. But man, that was just Brock Lesnar can go when he wants to. And we see flashes of it. But this whole like now they just rely on Well, once I low blow him, then I can do a bunch of stuff to him. And I mean, he's really good. Brock Lesnar's really good when he wants to be. And I just re- and he can do that with Seth Rollins. Like they could just have Seth Rollins is big enough that they could have a believable like throwdown, and I just would love to see that. Well, you know, hopefully Seth Rollins can communicate with them. I mean, because it, it seems like based on the the Ambrose uh, podcast interview with uh, Jericho's podcast, mm-hmm. like you said, it's all a matter of if Brock wants to do it. I, I think Brock is definitely a very He's a very businessman mentality. Mm-hmm. Business, you know, every decision he makes is, is is a business decision versus any other thing. So I think he's always going to play it safe because he obviously doesn't want to get hurt. You know, yeah. if he gets hurt, then, you know, that's going to impact his income. Um, so maybe Seth Rollins could be the one, you know, maybe he... I always out. think that when I watch Lesnar do stuff, he he does all in, man. And he really almost seems like he doesn't care if he gets hurt. Like, he he takes a bump, he takes a bump. And, I mean, he usually gets pretty banged up in these matches unless he's set to destroy. But since Money in the Bank, because, you know, Lesnar up until Mania was going to be gone and go back to UFC. And now since he retired from UFC and he came back at Money in the Bank, he won that briefcase. He showed up on more Raws than he has in years. He's now building as this universal champ thing. And, I mean, if he shows up 
even semi-weekly as he's almost been since he's, especially since he's won that belt, but since Money in the Bank, he's almost been every other week he's been there. He's, you know, so, I mean, if he shows up often enough to make it worth him being around, I don't mind building feuds. I just want to see some new people feud with him. Yeah, and, and hopefully we do get to see that down the road. I mean, we're starting to see him more often, so that's a plus. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm 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 being positive on Brock Lesnar at the moment. How'd you feel about that old school brawl brawl that ended Raw with the uh, Reigns, the Usos, and Cedric Alexander fighting Drew, the OC, and Joe? I liked it, and it's only because it it, it kind of gave me a flashback of watching Raw and. You know, when we were in high school, you know, there was that that was a common formula, you know, the the chaos and things mm-hmm. going crazy. Um, it's an excitement, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're trying to it, it seems like we're really trying, especially in that last hour, they're really trying to pull away from the, the PG element and, you know, trying yeah. to get more action and excitement and stuff that'll garner to people like us and. So yeah, I, I'm definitely okay with it. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was different. I enjoyed the Alexander spot off the the screen. He climbed up on that screen and jumped down on everybody. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I enjoyed it. it. Was a it was a good like I said, a little chaos to end Raw. I don't quite know where they're going with it, especially as we jump into SmackDown here and Roman Reigns. He kind of now seems like he has two different directions, so I don't really know how we tie these in. But first, before we get to that, to close the show, I want to talk about that King's Court segment where Jerry the King Lawler showed out, showed up, called out Trish Stratus to come out, and they had the most awkward... Like they almost seemed like they were just stalling for time before Charlotte would come out. For, like, why couldn't they have given them anything to reminisce about, to talk about, outside of asking the most obvious question in the world, where Jerry Lawler asked Trish, "Don't you wish you could have one more match?" Like, you couldn't. You they couldn't talk about anything else than the obvious reason she was out there, which is to set up one more match at SummerSlam. Like, couldn't you have asked her any other question? Just even like, Hey, the raw reunion, who did you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they kind of started that way. And then his one question that he asked her was just the, like, it just was so lazy. Well, I mean, love, love it. Love it for me, Corey. Well, she wasn't at the raw reunion. So it's like, there's not really much for her to say on that. Um, and then the, you know, if let's think about it. You know, if, if you're Jerry Lawler, and let's say you don't have the, the, the backstage people telling you what to say, what's Jerry Lawler really going to say? I mean, it's like Jerry Lawler's character, you know, I was just watching a Raw uh, today from, good Lord, I know it was somewhere in the 90s, and it's like anytime – Jerry Lawler did an interview with a woman. I mean, if he wasn't saying something about puppies or saying how sexy someone was, you know, uh, then it wasn't a law, you know, then it wasn't Lawler. Um, I think it's difficult. You know, this just goes to show that, you know, WWE is scripting this crap way too much. They're throwing too much limitations to them. Because you know darn well, they probably told Jerry Lawler, I'm sorry, you cannot say anything about puppies. 
you can't say anything about her and how she looks sexy and blah, blah, blah. You can't make any sexual references to her, blah, blah, blah. I have no doubts the entire thing was scripted, but I mean, it just, I, like I said, I just couldn't understand why they couldn't have come up with, they only asked her one question. So couldn't you come up with any other question in the world to ask Trish Stratus, except for the obvious reason she was out there, which was to set up a match. And, and, and then here, and I'm just going to call this out. Trish Stratus has never really, truly done a good promo ever. So you're putting her out there to try to show emotion. She kind of sucks at it. Um, yeah, and it was awkward because you could tell that they're basically just waiting for an interruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlotte came out, and it still was her trying to get a decent promo out of Trish. <laughs> well, and here's the funny thing. Charlotte, you can tell the difference. Like, just go back and listen and listen to when Charlotte talks versus Tristratus. You can tell the difference in promo. Mm -hmm. Charlotte, obviously, you know, I I know Charlotte, you know, it's kind of repetitive now at this point, but Charlotte's got a particular formula that she follows in her promos, but, you know, the delivery is good. And Tristratus, Tristratus struggles with genuine emotion, believable emotion mm-hmm. not just like i'm reading from cue cards emotion mm-hmm. so uh, unfortunately you know in, in 2019 you know it's like you know we get this stuff ruined i mean a lot of people knew that you know this was going to happen before they even did this segment because you know the, the rumor mill was already going that there were negotiations with her so but it's i struggle with these matches, you know, someone of current with someone of the past. I especially struggle with it if I don't see a story that fits. It seems like the story they're trying to go along with is, you know, Charlotte's obviously calling her the, you know, that her generation was the Barbie doll generation and her you know and she was the the one that really paved the way for women to become legitimate superstars um and then of course you got stratus saying that you know we're the ones that paved the way for you mm-hmm. uh, i'll be honest with you i i i don't think Trish stratus is a good fit for that kind of story if Honestly, if Alundra Blaze was younger, I'd have put her into the mix because I think I would have been more bought into that one. Yeah, I mean this. This I just. I mean, I'm. I understand it's a. It's a big deal for Charlotte, and this could be their. Hey, sorry you didn't win at Mania moment. Here you can fight a legend and fight a Hall of Famer and Trish. But yeah, Trish doesn't do anything for me. I'd never like her matches. I, you know, I the only match of Trish Stratus I remember is when she fought Lita at the Raw main event, which is talked about constantly. But the only reason I ever remember that match was because Lita fell on her head. Yeah, and that's the only reason I remember that match. So otherwise, I wouldn't even remember that match if that moment didn't happen where I thought Lita died. You know, and the only reason because to keep with theme for this week, I thought I witnessed a murder. So <laughs> it was, it was one of those things where you know, I, she's, you know, so I'm just not excited about this match. And the thing is, Trish Stratus's character is so different today. I mean, she even looks different. You know, oh, yeah. it's like. 
she she's obviously a lot thinner. You know, I know she does her yoga, and that's a big you know thing that she pushes now. And she's not that same person. I mean, even when I was looking at her, I'm just like, you know, she's a mom. She and she has the the behaviors of a mm-hmm. mom. Like she doesn't have that that sexual vibe that she gave off uh like she did in her uh her wrestling days so it's just weird maybe it's just me getting older i don't know yeah plus i know i you know all we're gonna get is the you still got it chance when she does like runs the ropes and i hate that chant so can i say that fans really have ruined certain chants yeah, yeah, that one, I absolutely one. hate that chant. I almost got in a fight with the guy at Impact because he started chanting that at RVD. And I turned to my buddy and I go, I hate that chant. And when I looked back, dude was staring at me and I was like, I do. Like, I just, I kept waiting for him to hit me because I do. I just hate that chant because if I was one of those wrestlers in the ring and people started chanting that at me, I'd be like, yeah, I still got it. That's why I'm here. Or I just, I don't know, it would make me feel old and I would just hate that chant. So, I mean, maybe yeah. they think differently in that situation that they're just happy that the fans think that they, that I'm doing good. The fans are telling me, I just, there's yeah. certain chants. That, and that's and what... then the other chant that I can't say anymore is uh, this is awesome. Yeah. Cause it, it's overdone. Every, yeah. Everything apparently is awesome. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is when you watch other wrestling and then you hear that those things. So like AEW, they better get some new chants from their people. You know, it's yeah, like right. come up with something because otherwise you just have the same. It's just weird. It's weird when it all ties together and you go to Impact and people are chanting, this is awesome. And you get this yeah. exact same chance that people still do at indie shows. And uh, it's all just there. It's really weird. And since you were talking about older stars coming back, you heard that we may have another older star coming back. We're going to have spoilers here. It hasn't been announced and it's not official. So it may not even be a spoiler, but the rumor is that the Ms. Dolph Ziggler match that was made this week, isn't going to happen. And it's going to be Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg at SummerSlam. Um, since Dolph Ziggler, every promo he's cut for the past three weeks, he's made fun of Goldberg for having a bad match in Saudi Arabia. So this show potentially, as of right now, according to the rumor mill, could have Charlotte and Trish as well as Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler on it. That's a whole lot of... <sighs> All right, listeners, I apologize. I know last week I was very negative, and I sound like I've been negative this week. We've bounced back and forth. Uh, 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 well, I'm not bouncing back right now. So... <laughs> I'm this agitates me and I said it last week this I don't understand as a writer and I'm trying to give writers credit I really am I don't know what's going on backstage I don't know the politics I don't know how the the meetings go and how Vince is with it but it's like how in the world do you go from doing a Miz TV segment with Shawn Michaels on it Ziggler's super kick, well, even before he super kicked them, you know, there's the, the whole referencing of the similarities between them. Even Sean, Sean referenced him, mm-hmm. you know, as the wannabe Shawn Michaels. And how does that not lead to a match? How do you create that segment? And with no payoff in mind. Right. With no payoff. Or, do you not even think that there's a payoff did you not even realize that that's really what you're setting up in that segment and then you're then Shawn Michaels is getting laid flat by a super kick 
storyline sense says, oh, okay, I'm coming back for one more match because I'm, I'm going to kick your butt and show you exactly who I am and that you're never were on my level. That story makes sense. And, and believe me, I understand Shawn Michaels is getting older. I understand if you want to stay retired. That's cool. Don't put yourself in those stories then. Mm-hmm. Just say no. You got enough stroke in that company. You can say no, I ain't doing that segment. So, and then we're going to jump from that to suddenly Ziegler's fighting Goldberg, not the Miz, by the way. I mean, if if you were at least going to go to a Plan B, go to Miz. I mean, he was at least in the ring during that segment. They announced to... it as this week. They announced it as a SummerSlam match. So now we're for whatever reason having the Miz and Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, which is a pre-show match at best for some for at least this SummerSlam card. Not saying they can't put on a good match, but that's what it is. But then Miz is going to completely lose his match the week before SummerSlam, so Goldberg can show up just so he can get his pride back and get a quick win off Dolph Dolph Ziggler because you know that match will last three seconds. So, I mean, what's the point of any of this? And that's the problem with this. It's like, what service are you doing to Dolph Ziggler? Ziggler? Nothing. It's just to make Goldberg look better. Yeah. You're just – and quite honestly, are the fans going to forget that that bosh of a match? No, they won't because that's what our fans have turned into. They, They They remember negative stuff. Yeah, but it's it's just same reason Undertaker had that match at Extreme Rules, you know, get the taste out of everyone's mouths. Now everyone's just talking about how good the Undertaker looked, and you move on. So they want to give Goldberg the same moment in the sun to shine to beat Dolph Ziggler yeah. with his three moves of doom. And and I'm not and I'm not going to try to drag on to this. I know we we're reaching our limit time limit, but it's just I just don't want to see today's talent being taken advantage of because I, I feel like Ziegler, you know, he already t- went on a hiatus to try to, you know, refresh, mm-hmm. recharge, whatever. And, you know, and I'm a little biased. I went to his comedy show during his hiatus and it's like, and I, the guy's talented. I have, I have such an appreciation for him. I, I think he's, he's such a talent. He's so athletically gifted. He can put on a good match. Why he isn't, in the title picture, why Miz isn't in the title picture, why we still have some of these, you know, why we still have Brock Lesnar as, as a champion when you can give it to these other guys, I, I just don't understand. And this is where, you know, I guess it's just 2019. Well, it's, hey, what happened when they did the Raw reunion and brought all those stars out last week? They got over 3 million viewers. And I don't have a problem with that. In fact, did you actually hear... I listened to Xbox podcast. The the DX crew, like uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Xbox, Shawn Michaels. Did you know that they actually did not want to um, like do the thing with the OC? Like they felt like that that was like wrong. Like they were burying them. Yes, I heard the excerpt where. X-Pac was, bra- was asking Scott Hall, how'd you feel about burying all that younger talent last night on Raw? And I heard the excerpts back and forth, which ended with them saying, well, what are we supposed to do, say no? And you're just like, well, yeah. But, <laughs> but Scott Hall said, I heard it from his own word, his own mouth, he, he said, in because uh, uh, X-Pac interviewed him on his podcast, he was yeah. like, we said, hey, that's, that's kind of burying them. 
but then WWE just overruled it, and that was that. So, you know, just because I know some fans get this impression like the legends just come and they just, you know, it's all about them and they don't care about the, the current stars. That's not necessarily true. There, there's other people involved in this equation. Yes, I understand. I understand. I, yeah, it's just really weird that they're going to have two two types of matches with returning stars on the same show. Granted, I imagine Trish is going to do more than Goldberg, so she'll earn her money a little bit better. Last up on the docket so we can get out of here is uh, someone attempted to murder Roman Reigns on SmackDown. We had the closing segment of SmackDown was Roman Reigns doing a backstage interview, and he was going to announce who he was going to fight at SummerSlam. That's a big theme for this year's SummerSlam, was everyone just announcing who they're going to fight. And then scaffolding fell, and all these boxes, these crates just fell, and they fell on Roman Reigns, and they gave you a really weird angle that made it very obvious that it wasn't a real accident. Like, everything else they played out like it was reality, but they did that one camera angle where the camera was in the scaffolding, to yeah. fall on Roman Reigns to look like he got yeah. squished. And you're like, well, you wouldn't have that camera angle if this was real. Right. So it was just kind of funny in that aspect. But then apparently it fell on a box, so he didn't get crushed. But then he was real shaken up. So now the question is, who tried to murder Roman Reigns? So first off, I got to say I'm very pleased with WB trying to end their shows in a way that makes you want to come back. Like, oh, I want to find out, you know, like who did that to Roman Reigns or, you know, that, that brawl that breaks out. It's like, it, it makes you want to come back. You know, there, that's one thing that I think WB has been missing for a long time. So I hope this formula continues, you know, mm-hmm. ending something that leads to questions and making you want to come back. I liked it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think too much of that camera angle thing that didn't pop into my brain when I saw it. I have, um, I have, movie editing on my brain i yeah that's you i get it and the the one thing i did like about it because when i saw it i was at first my reaction was uh you could tell it didn't hurt him blah 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 so i was like kind of bashing it but then i noticed he got up and he was kind of unfazed by it like in terms of physically but emotionally you can tell he was bothered by it so i'm like okay i like this okay that's cool you're 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 recognizing that it didn't actually hurt him um but then you're recognizing that that you know messed with his mind like what mm-hmm. the heck man Who, who's trying to mess with me and so uh this is good um you know obviously uh i'm i'm gonna go with with, with fitness on this and i don't know anything but surprise um, surprise I'm I'm going with that. This is uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you know, and so you don't think this ties into the brawl that they had on Raw, and it'll be Samoa Joe? Uh, everyone just assumed that Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns were going to fight at SummerSlam because that seemed to be the feud they were building, and even ending Raw, they ended them fighting on Raw. So then we go into SmackDown, so, and you think now they're going to completely U-turn this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think they're going to completely U-turn it because, and I'd hate to sound like. Uh, just a, 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 I'm just going to say it. Daniel Bryan is getting paid well in WWE. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to pay him that much, you got to put him in and get your money's worth. Mm-hmm. 
he's got to be in a major match at SummerSlam. That's the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. So uh, uh, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, yeah, that, that that's a match. Now, hopefully Daniel Bryan's explanation, because I'm kind of curious as to what his reasoning will be behind this, you know, because that's really what's going to make or break yeah. this story. And we're still waiting for that announcement. He teased it again this week after taking a week off of what his career-altering announcement will be. So there'd have to be a big one if now he's turned into an attempted murderer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it was it was it was inter- it'll be interesting. There was another rumor I saw that was going around where apparently on that shot, I didn't go back and watch it. I was just watching something and they talked about it. But apparently. During that segment, you could see Buddy Murphy walking away. And someone did a screen capture of Buddy Murphy walking away. So, I mean, he hasn't debuted yet. This could be a big, that could be a big debut for him. I guess it'd be a big debut for him. I don't know. He'd have to win. But... I don't know how the fans would respond to that, because that's just like, eh, you're a 205 Live guy. And that's the curse. It's like, I mean... Ali's fighting that all right. You know what? Okay, I'll take that back. There's a couple guys that I think that are making out of 205, okay, and that would be Ali and then uh, Drake Maverick. So, but... um, And the Canalysis are doing all right. They are. Man, I need to start watching 205 Live. Really do? Um, Yeah. Well, if it is him, I mean, hey, cool. I... I find it a little difficult to believe that someone would make a debut on in WB and it be with a, a major player like Roman Reigns. That would be good. And that is where we're going to end it with the moral of the story being watch 205 live and do not attempt to murder people. Words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to call this the only episode 38 there will ever be of 123 Yes Wrestling. Like, subscribe, email, conversate with us. We will, uh, next week, episode 39, it'll be, we'll be together. It'll be the first one. So I apologize for whatever technical issues we may have trying to do that. But I'm good. Could give us ideas because I'm I'm trying to possibly do a watch along since he's here. If there's anything you any special episodes of us watching something, it it, it could be anything. Put it on the Facebook because Chris pays attention to Facebook. Tell us the idea so it can go in his ear because he'll listen to you guys more than me. And then maybe while he's here, we'll put a little uh, bonus episode in. Bonus episodes would be. Cool. So until next time, you guys take it easy, and I'll see you here in a few days, Corey. All right. See you soon.